Hi, I'm Sheila. And I'm Hope. And we're two teachers. Coming to talk to you about the good, the bad, and the ugly parts of teaching. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode two. Today, we are going to be talking about the not-so-subtle elephant that is in every classroom, COVID-19. I think it's crazy to think back. This has been going on for a whole year. We're recording this in March 2021, and we have been dealing with COVID for an entire year. It's crazy to think. That kind of just hit me yesterday. Um, I remember being in school on the 13th. It was the last day before spring break for me. First year of teaching, sitting in the library, kids were turning in their summative and kids were asking, Miss Bonner, do you think we're going to come back? I was like, ah, I mean, two weeks, maybe, maybe a month. And then it keeps going and going. And it was so shocking to me. But to think that we've been officially in the classroom with masks on for a year, Um, Going through virtual learning and going through in-person with masks is just crazy to me. Yeah, I, I remember our week, like the kids went home on a Friday, probably the 13th, like you said, and the next week was supposed to be parent teacher conferences. Well, it, it was like that next week, they decided to just have teachers report. We were supposed to take anything out of our classrooms that we thought we might need for virtual teaching, um, for online lessons. And they had teachers prepping and handing out Chromebooks, one per family, so mm, that yeah. parents would have that technology if if they needed it if they didn't have something at home i was really i remember being incredibly nervous about being in contact even though we had masks on because not a lot was known about covid at that time well so this is going to show our age difference um but me being 23 years old i am on different social media platforms such as tiktok and i remember back in january of last year seeing a joke about corona and people having you know a corona in their hand and joking about this saying it was something from china and i had no idea really until i remember that week was crazy because not only was it a full moon it was friday the 13th and it was our last full week before we didn't see our children like i didn't get to finish the year with my first group of kids and i remember sending them emails trying to say goodbye but it just didn't feel like closure of the year the summer didn't feel like the summer was starting and we were trying to teach from home but at the same time our district told those students that you can stick with the grade that you had on march 13th and so a lot of our kids haven't did not have school from march 13th until the first day in august and even then I mean, with virtual and everything and districts saying give grace, um, kids lost a lot of their stamina for, at least I've noticed they have. Um, But as a teacher, it's crazy what impacts you by COVID-19, like the different things. Like I know my mask knee, my mask acne is something that's really frustrating me, but um, it's just, it's teaching so different sometimes in a mask. Like I feel, I find myself um, staying at my desk more not wanting to travel over to the classrooms. And I travel around the school, but my teaching has been impacted by COVID-19. Do you feel that way? I feel like my teaching was impacted when we went into shutdown. 
uh, like I was saying, we didn't know a lot about it. And I was really concerned about parents getting out and picking up Chromebooks and teachers being there, handing them out. Would a mask be enough to stop the spread? And then we started teaching from home. And that was really hard. Uh, for me, it was hard because all of my lessons, because I teach gifted, had to be projects. And I wanted to mix it up a little bit. Like I wanted to do an algebra unit. I, I wanted to do a, a social justice unit. And um, with the algebra unit, they did let me go ahead and post that one, but it wasn't a project. It was skill-based. And with the homeless unit, I had to totally rewrite that one because there were concerns that it was um, too depressing which I get that. It was a scary time. And um, I think a lot of kids, I know the gifted kids, had anxiety over, we don't know enough about this, and this is really scary. Um, and then luckily for me, when we came back in the fall, we did come back to in-person teaching. And I will be honest and tell you that I was nervous at first, but then after we had been in it for about a month, I was so thankful. Uh, I really feel like my district did it correctly. I don't know. I think middle school and high school may have been hybrid, but I know for middle school, we were in person. Uh, they sent out a robocall and um, parents had to sign up for in person. And if they did not take care of that, their children were automatically put into virtual. So, um, and then we had teachers who were put as, into vir virtual teachers and they had huge caseloads so that the classroom teachers could have man manageable caseloads. So a lot of our classes have been 13 and 15 uh, to provide for that social distancing, which has been six feet. And now we are slowly adding more kids in. So now we're topped off at 18. And I've, I'm hearing rumors, which they're just rumors, but that we might go on up to 20. Um, but we have had no cases transferred in our building. Like anybody who's been exposed or come down with it, it's been outside the building. And I have to give a shout out to my principal because she has been overly cautious, which I love. I am not worried that um, someone has been exposed to COVID, but they're still walking the halls. She's there. She and our nurse. Hey, Nurse Kelsey. Great job of making sure people quarantine when they need to. And I know that you're exposed. Yeah, so I've actually been exposed a few times um, of COVID-19. Luckily, I have not had to, um, I've not tested positive, but it was actually the first week of hybrid, and I was exposed the very first day, um, and I had to quarantine for two weeks. I do I do think my, my building has been really great about getting those kids out of the building. Um, for me, I have noticed, so our kids can change back and forth anytime they want. So they just have to talk to the counselor. I mean, they say it's not really any time they have to be approved. But basically, if a parent says, hey, I want my kid to be in person. Hey, I want my kid to be at home. They let it happen. So um, that has been a frustrating part of COVID-19. Just keeping it real here. Um, I have had my numbers. I teach two online classes. And my numbers have gone from 25 and 25 to 35 and 36. 
in the span of versus last semester versus this semester. So my numbers have changed immensely. Um, my in-person numbers aren't crazy, but when we were hybrid, we could definitely be a lot safer. Um, I think my highest class is at 26 or 27, and there's no way we can keep even three feet apart. So um, that has been interesting. I haven't seen, I mean, when we first came back all in person, one of my classes, seven kids got taken out just from um, one kid just because of they were in the vicinity. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I have not, although my fiance did get COVID back in December. Um, I was on Christmas break. We had our, our holiday was looked a little different. You guys were upstairs. We were downstairs. Um, and then my sister-in-law to be, she got COVID back in February. So, um, a lot has, I've been, um, around a lot of people that have had COVID. I myself have not had it, but I have been tested three times now. Um, you and I both have our shots, our first shot. And then our second shot is coming up next week, the week after, something around there. The week after, hopefully. Yes, hopefully. I'm a little worried about that. Yeah, we will see how it goes. Um, I'm really hopeful because I know that there is a time frame that we have to meet. Right. And for our listeners, they have rescheduled us. So we were supposed to get, go in on the 19th of March, and they have called in and said that my understanding is they don't have enough shots. So we are looking at the following week, which just kind of makes me nervous, the process, because right. I thought they kept back that second shot. Yes. And I I mean, I also feel like Missouri has not necessarily put teachers first during That's this. True. That's true. Um, personally, I do not feel like education is number one for our governor. However, I do feel lucky that we are in a different situation than Texas. Uh, I have a friend who's going through student teaching in Texas, and they just basically stopped the mask mandate. And a lot of schools are still keeping that. However, a lot of schools have decided not to. So I am thankful that we are continuing to have masks. I agree. However, I I feel that um, teachers should have been higher up on the list. So because there were extenuating circumstances and we were able to get our shot earlier, um, but I believe it was just this week that teachers in Missouri could start getting the shot. I think I think you're right. And I, I think that came from the federal level. I, I don't think it was something that governor, our governor was just, oh, yeah, let's do this for teachers. I, I feel like um, the president came through and said, no, we've got to get the teachers vaccinated so we can open up schools. I, my, my thought is, and I, and I know people will disagree and that's okay because everybody's entitled to where they're comfortable, but I really do believe at the elementary level, we were able to open safely by social distancing, contact tracing, and wearing the masks. I, I thought yeah. it was three things that kept us safe. I definitely would have felt a lot more comfortable if we, if we would have been guaranteed to keep low class numbers, mm-hmm. I would have felt more comfortable, but we started off virtual. We went to hybrid, then we went back to virtual, then we went to hybrid at the beginning of second semester in January. And now we are full in person and we have been since I believe the second white, second week in February, it was like the 8th of February. We all came back in person, mm-hmm. but our school has about 2000 people in it. So 
mm-hmm. having that ours is, is kind 400 of <laughs> yeah so that's a difference you know that's i think that's a little bit different um we have done a few things in school such as we have to spray each desk before like after each kid leaves and right. wipe them down so that takes instructional time we have changed some of the stairwells so they're up only or like mm-hmm. they're only one direction um we also, COVID has impacted our library situation. Oh, yeah. So at our school, we have two librarians that I love dearly. They're fantastic. However, because of COVID and they have been um, having librarians be a classroom teacher, we have to send one of our librarians to one of the elementary schools every week. So they alternate. We get one one week, one the other week. Um, and we only get one of our librarians. And the week that they're not at our school, they're in an elementary library teaching for specials. So I think that has been an impact that wasn't necessarily something that we thought would happen. It kind of shocked us all when we were told, like, you are going to lose your librarian. I think it shocked the librarians, but it probably shocked the elementary school librarians who were told, you're going to have to teach a class. Well, we we had people pulled from their teaching assignments and put in other buildings and also some were put into virtual. Uh, my co-teacher was put into virtual and we had no idea until the week before students were to report to schools. Um, she has learned a lot and I do think it's helped her because she's been a third grade teacher and um, before she was an art teacher. So she's learned a lot about the tech of Canvas. Um, that's what our building, our district uses is Canvas for the virtual. And um, anytime I have a question, I ask her. So I think it's given her a different perspective, but we do know that she'll be coming back to Gifted next year. And I can't, I can't tell you how happy I am. I mean, I am beyond the moon thrilled that she's going to be back in our program teaching with me and I know she's excited about it too but at the elementary level we've had things that are different as well like uh, because we do so much um, cooperative learning in our program we used tables for years ever since I've been in the program which is over a decade and we've had to switch to desks so that we can socially distance Usually we share materials like crayons, colored pencils, glue. Everybody has to have their own now. Um, And storing that stuff is hard because I have a different group of kids come every single day. And then lunch and recess and restroom breaks are all scheduled. So you have to go to the restroom on your time. And you have to go to the restroom that's assigned to you. So like it might be the red hall, the blue hall, the yellow hall. Um, That's the one you have to go to at that time. And so um, because we're a program that's not really a classroom in the building, we're a district program, we were not scheduled a restroom time or a recess time. So my kids come when they're coming into my room and getting off the buses because we transport them from all the schools in the district, which is about 20. Um, When they get off at my building, they go to the restroom first and then come to me. They also take a restroom break at lunch. Um, And then for recess, we actually, our buildings um, butted up against a park. So my kids go to the park for recess because we don't have a spot on the playground. 
And then for lunch, uh, we cannot all go to the lunchroom. So uh, when we come in from recess, we go pick up lunches, take them back to the classroom, and everybody eats in the classroom. And at first, I was okay with them talking, but the kids got really loud. They would face each other to talk, even though they were at desks spread out. And um, they, of course, had their masks off. And I did not feel comfortable with that. I, I was worried that it could potentially um, lead to spreading germs. So now the kids fit, um, sit at their desks, facing straight forward, eating, we're not visiting, and they do get to have puzzle time on the computer after they're done eating. So it's all different kind of logics puzzles like sets game, um, Rube Goldberg. Um. So do do all teachers, mom, in your school have to have their kids eat in their lunch? They their do. Everybody in our room? building eats lunch with their kids in their classroom. Oh, um, but the principal, in a way to offset that, because we are by contract entitled to a 20 minute lunch break without kids, um, she, she covers a recess. We, at first they were covering lunches in our rooms and there's just not enough support staff to go around. So, um, if one person was absent, it would throw the whole thing off. See, I don't know how comfortable I would be with that. I know that was a concern for my department and just, I think our teachers in general is having, uh, well, in high schoolers carry COVID differently than elementary. That's true. Um, but just, I would not feel comfortable eating in a room of almost 30 high schoolers. Well, and some teachers in our building don't, but what they do is right after lunch, they get a recess break. And so the kids go to a scheduled recess time and that's where the support staff is. You know, you can have two people out there watching recess and have three classes out there and you're not having to cover you know, three classrooms for lunch. See, we had to have our lunch shifts shortened. So we could not put three lunch shifts. There was just not enough space for all the kids that would be having to go to those lunch shifts. So when we all came back in person, we moved to four lunch shifts, mm -hmm. which means that we have 20 minutes from the time they leave class to the time they come back. So really by the time the kids get down to the lunchroom, get their food, eat and come back, they probably have like 15 minutes max to eat. Mm -hmm. um, which is difficult. It's difficult for me to even stay in the classroom. I join a Google meet with my teachers that I usually eat lunch with. Um, and we just all eat from our classrooms and we kind of do that now. It's kind of, um, just what we've gotten used to is we eat. So Google what, was your, what was your lunch period before COVID? Um, it was definitely a little longer. I think it was closer like to 27, 28 minutes, or maybe it was 25, I'm not really, I can't really remember. It feels so long ago that we had a normal lunch. And on Wednesdays, it is our teacher work day. So we could use a little longer. Usually we, we use 30 minutes for lunch on those days because we talk from like 12 to 1230-ish. Um, but yeah, with the kids, I know the kids talk, but they hardly have any time. A lot of them bring their own lunch right? because they just don't feel like they have time to eat. Ours, ours have always been 25 um it, those five minutes matter let me tell you what it does when you have to go potty you betcha but here's here's the thing that blows my mind you have a teacher work day like elementary elementary right yeah in our a teacher no not in our day. in our district and i think there's a lot of animosity between elementary and high school for a lot of things like for example we had our enrollment days 
this past week. So we got our Friday off and then elementary ed had to come in for a PD day, but they didn't stay late. They didn't have conferences the second half. Um, they are full, but they have, they have kids every day. We have Wednesdays off. Um, and it was originally, I think supposed to be for like extra cleaning. I don't know if that necessarily gets done, but for high school, teachers with so many preps and having to grade all this work like we are grading uh, I wouldn't say more intense stuff than elementary but more intense stuff than elementary like I have a colleague who has 35 college um, English students in her class and they're writing 10 page papers right now so we need those days to grade our work because we don't have time to do it during the week we have to plan day by day I mean it's definitely been a a different experience and there were like thoughts of them taking away that day. I also don't think high schoolers have the stamina. I think they would miss school regardless. So, so how many preps do you have a day then? I have three. I have. Okay. 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 Let me just stop you there. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm not (laughs) wanting to argue with you, but I also don't think elementary school teachers, their preps are as demanding as high school preps. I would disagree. I would totally disagree because your, your elementary teacher has to prep for at least five a day, every single day. And they are taking papers every single day to grade. Yes, but is there papers that they're grading? They're not grading sitting down and grading 10-page papers. They're not sitting and grading work where it has a lot of writing, where you have to give a lot of feedback. And I think the difference is, so elementary teachers, they're still getting like the specialist class time they're getting recess time that's their plan time so yeah. is your plan time during the day 50 minutes for the whole day yes except you have wednesday we do have wednesdays now but that's for teacher collaboration so we are a, normally we would have late start wednesdays mm-hmm. um and during the school year so how, how, how much time is that when you have a late start wednesday so what i'm hearing you say is because of covid You have a whole Wednesday. Yes. So during the school year, if you have late start Wednesday, how much extra plan time is that for you? We get about an hour, I think. And it's only at the secondary level. So for the, not for the late start, but for the Wednesdays off, it's an AMI day. The kids are supposed to still be doing work at home. Do they? No. But they're supposed to still be doing work at home. And for high schoolers, that Wednesday it's the idea is that they have time to make up work. I have more kids failing this year than I think. I think the district is seeing more secondary level students failing than they ever have before. I, well, I think in general, you know, uh, virtual teachers tell me they, they hear from parents saying, I don't know how to get this kid to do their work. You know, oh, yes, yeah. they're my child, but I can't get them to do their work. And, you know, they're, they're suggesting then your child needs to be in person. Right. And well, and I'm not saying, I mean, bless elementary school teachers. I thought I wanted to be one when I was younger. I can never be an elementary school teacher. The amount of classroom management they have to have, the amount, I think, I guess there's different demons for each level, right? I totally, you could get me to agree with that because I totally agree with that. But I have to give a shout out for all the elementary teachers because if you want us to have plan time, We're coming in before school and staying after school. We don't get time off during school hardly ever. Like if if they want elementary teachers to collab, they're going to take away a day of plan time. 
so yeah. that the administrator can come in or whoever, you know, the reading teacher or the counselor, they're going to take their plan time away so that they can give them information. Um, so I, I do think that's not equal for elementary, just in general, not talking about your district or my district, but I do feel like elementary teachers get uh, the short end of the plan time. Right. Which general. is why, um, so whenever there was a period of time where high school was virtual and our elementary was not. Yeah. And we had to still report to the building mm -hmm. because it wasn't fair. Mm -hmm. I do think that there are different things that high school teachers have to do. Um, so we have to, our enrollment is a little bit more serious because it's not like, Oh, you're going to fifth grade here. Just, this is a teacher. You're going to just choose a teacher's class. Like they, they are not having to differentiate. And something that I wasn't used to is sixth grade is still part of the elementary level. Whereas, you know, in Oak Grove where I grew up, it was sixth middle grade school. was middle school. Yeah. It is in our district too. Well, and it blew my mind that it was still elementary level. But um, besides the point, I think high schooler, high school teachers, I mean, getting to the point where I can just sit and plan and actually create content. Um, I feel like that Wednesday, if I didn't have that Wednesday, I think a lot of teachers at the high school level feel like they would be drowning. And I think they still feel like they're drowning a little bit too right now, just because we are dealing with constant changes in our schedule. So just last week, I had two kids transfer to online. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we are trying to figure out ways to keep parents at bay. I think parents are a little bit more intense at the high school level. I mean, not saying that they can't be at the elementary, but we are trying to get our kids to graduation point. And, you know, it's, it's hard when they're failing their classes, we have to do whatever we can to get them not to fail. And even that is sometimes not enough. I, I, I hear you there because at elementary, at least in my district, we do not give them letter grades. So parents do not get worked up about, uh, uh, B, right? Because it's, even though it means means below expectations or whatever, or like a one, two, three, four, parents relate to the grading system that they had when they were going through school. So I would say that I'm sure the grades are more intense in high school uh, because I don't think parents really understand the grading system as well as as they do in high school because that's what they've lived that's what they know from their own experience and i think that's a really good point i think that you know parents are just trying to do what they can to you know help their kids and keep their kids afloat and teachers are just trying to keep afloat i think this year has been one of the most challenging years um and it's been a hard year i know a lot of teachers that are not continuing to be teachers after this year i 100% agree, agree with you. I would have to tell you that every week I have a teacher come to me in our building that talks about I'm drowning. I can't keep this up. I, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do next year, you know, all these type of things. And I worry for them because they're they're really great teachers. They're teachers that, you know, I, I would, and this is the highest compliment I can give, but I would feel good about you or Jake being in their classroom. And you know yes. how picky I was. Well, and, you know, I think this kind of leads us to what maybe our next topic might be, our next week's episode. Um, mental health for teachers, I think, is really important 
um, to focus on. And it's something that shouldn't be ignored. So maybe we should talk about that next week. Maybe we should talk about the mental health of teachers and maybe some strategies on how you can keep up your mental health and keep up a good attitude. I think that's a really great idea. That's a really great idea. So join us next week when we talk about mental health. And be sure to follow us on all of our social media accounts. So we have a Twitter. It's at two teachers pod. So two, the number teachers pod. We are also on Facebook under two teachers podcast. And we even have an Instagram. So if you want to follow us there, we are going to be posting updates and just some more information about ourselves. So we hope you join us next week. And we're so glad that you have joined us this week. Well, I tell you what, I did put a picture of Marlo on our Facebook account. Yes, because you talked about him last week. Her, mom, her, your granddog. Good Lord, people. And I want to offer our listeners a little extra bonus. If you're an elementary teacher, especially, share our podcast on your Facebook page and please be sure to tag us. From those people who share and tag us, I'm going to pick a lucky winner this next week. And guess what you get? A personalized web quest for your classroom. You tell me the standards you want me to address, and I'll whip up a web quest for you. And it's something that kids can work on. It's a slideshow, but it's also project-based and based on your standards. We'll randomly pick someone next week, so be sure and share. All right, and high school teachers, I did not forget you. I am a crafty girl. So if you want to share, and elementary school teachers, I love you too. So we will pick one winner from people that share. And you might be in the running for a teacher little plaque you can put on your desk. Oh, I it's love a little that. tile. I have one um, that says Miss Bonner and it has teacher in the back. It's very cute. And I'll give you a stand and you can have it on your desk and I can customize it for whatever you want on there. So be looking for our Facebook post um, to share a past web quest that I made so you have an idea of what a web quest looks like and how you can use it in your room. And Hope, would you mind posting a picture of your tile that you have in your office so that teachers can see what that looks like? Well, of course. So we hope to see you next time and thanks for being weird with us. Don't forget to share.